with 95X. What are you doing today? I'm going to work. What for? What for? I work for gas money. He works for gas money? Gas is so expensive. Expensive gas. It's too expensive. I can't afford it. Why don't you take public transportation? Now, why on earth would I do that? It is National Dump the Pump Day. Celebrate National Dump the Pump Day. Pump, pump. How's your pump? National Dump, dump the, the Pump Day. Showtime. You're listening to the 95X Morning Show. Oh, good morning, everybody. It is a minute after 6 o'clock, and this morning we are live at Marshfield Medical Center, Beaver Dam. We're going to be doing all kinds of fun stuff over here. Uh, First of all, first and foremost, we always have to uh, do a big shout-out to our man back at the radio station, Thomas, who's holding down the fort, taking care of business, and first thing in the morning sent me a kiss this morning, which was a... I don't know how to describe it. It's one of those things where all of a sudden you just feel special. I'm just thinking about so, you, Richard. Thomas. Thomas, I just want to say how special you made me feel right away early this morning. Well, Rick, thank hey, you. we got to give you, a big we got to give a big shout out to Craig Warmbold and Kale Zomer last night for the exceptional severe uh, weather coverage that they provided throughout the evening. Yeah, it was uh, it was a rough night because er- when uh, a couple of times when it looked like it was going to calm down, all of a sudden it fired back up again. And mm-hmm. luckily, uh, you know, I have not heard a lot about damage. We'll, I'm sure we'll find out more when we go to the news. But um, luckily, like in my neck of the woods, I didn't see that much. Um, I know there was some pretty bad winds on the western part of our state and, and a little west of us and to the north of us, so hopefully everybody is safe. All right, before we uh, go on any further, let's just jump into a quick tune, and then we'll be back with more from Marshfield Medical Center in Beaver Dam. Again, good morning, everybody. We're live at Marshfield Medical Center in Beaver Dam. I'm sorry if I've got a little bit of giddiness in my voice. It's because Dr. Joe is here. And I've had an opportunity to be on the air with this guy numerous times uh, talking about orthopedics. It's always good to see you, my friend. Good to see you, too. Good morning. It is fantastic to have you. Now, um, I heard you, I, I, didn't, I wasn't trying to eavesdrop, but you were talking to Dan, and we were talking a little bit about the storms. You live about an hour away from here. Yeah, I live did, in Slinger. Okay, did you did you deal with any severe weather last no, night? No, and normally we, I mean, yeah, the weather was bad, but there was no trees down. Like I was telling Dan, normally I have to come with a chainsaw and cut my way out, but I didn't have to this morning. So. Right. Oh. <laughs> so what's what's new? It's it's been a while since we've had a chance to talk. Uh, we were talking about knee replacements and stuff like that before we came on the air. Has it been a busy time for you? Yeah, you know, now that the virus isn't really going away, but I guess everybody's kind of learning to live with it, and um, people are coming back for more elective surgery. And, you know, there was a lot of great changes that happened in that time. Sometimes change is driven by necessity. And one of the greatest things that happened is we do almost all our joint replacements day surgery now. You come home or you come to the hospital and you go home the very same day. It's amazing to think that you can have your knee replaced and in a few hours you're walking and back home. And and we don't let people go home till they can go up and down a flight of stairs. So that's the day of surgery. I think I think probably the you know you you brought that up and I think the one of the things that Maybe 50 or 60 years ago, we thought was, oh, the, the patient needs to rest. They just went through this big surgery. And then we found out, no, actually what they need to do is they need to get that blood flowing so that everything can kind of heal up. They need to get their muscles working. Um, what the therapists tend to say is motion is lotion. It right. keeps it keeps everything moving. So the faster we can get somebody up and going, uh, the less 
down things that happen to them. Their joints don't get so stiff. Their muscles don't get so weak. Um, leaving people lay in bed isn't the answer. And, and we've known that for, for years. I mean, doctors used to come in the overnight, used to lay in bed, and you were here almost two weeks. And now the, the faster we can get a procedure done with smaller incisions, less collateral damage, less muscle damage, less tissue damage and get the people up and going really the faster their short-term recovery is. How, how, how important is it to, if a person, let's say for example, a person knows that they're going to have to have knee surgery and they're going to have to have a knee replacement, um, but it's going to be maybe a couple of weeks down the road or maybe a month down the road or whatever. How important is it for them to maybe do something leading up to that? Because I, as a personal trainer, I took care of a person that had to have a hip replaced and he it was through the VA, so it was several months down the road. And leading up to his um, hip replacement, we spent a lot of time doing adduction and abduction work, right? When he came out of surgery, his, his surgeon and the doctors were pretty amazed at how quickly he healed, and then he told them what we had done, and they're like, I wish everybody would do that. How important is that? Well, we try to do that with absolutely everybody. Some people that are can do it on their own. We prescribe them specific exercises to begin doing the day they schedule their surgery. Other people that are less active, we'll send them to therapy or get them an athletic trainer to have somebody help them. But we know that the better you are going in, the faster you're going to recover. Um, and some people with bad arthritis think they can't do it, but there is a lot of things you can do to increase the motion and strengthen the joint. It really helps themselves. Got to throw out this phone number for those of you that want to make an appointment with Dr. Joe and his team. It's 920-219-4009. Does that sound right? That's our number. All right. I want to make sure we got it right. We're going to come back with more from Marshfield Medical Center coming up on 95X. It is 17 minutes after 6 o'clock. We're going to be heading over to the uh, newsroom in a moment. We do have some breaking news this morning. Sherry Sackett's wearing a dress. Breaking news. Go ahead and write it down, folks. What? Yeah, I know. Uh, Thomas, you're sh- I can hear the shock in your voice. Yes. She's dressed up. Are we sending photos to I'm the newsroom? S- All right, I'll get a, I'll get a picture. I'm sorry. They need they need proof. Is it the purple dress? What color is it? It's um the people I, demand it's a red and white kind of a dealy is. Oh, it's a patriotic it dress. Oh, nice. I'll have to I'll, I'll have to I'll have to see if I can get a picture and send it to you guys so you can see. Maybe she'll show up in the office and grace your presence today. And she mm-hmm. shows up every once in a while. Um it's finally here, Thomas, and I know that a lot of people have been waiting for it. Amazon has started delivering packages by drone. It's about it is right time. now going it is going on right now in Lockerford, California. The service is designed to deliver packages weighing up to five pounds in less than an hour, and thousands of everyday items are eligible. The company's been the company's been working on this for a decade. Now we finally see it's happening. One of the people that really is going to probably prosper from this is Dr. Joe. When the trees go down and he can't get out and he's got to have stuff delivered to him, like new chainsaw blades. There you go. You should be in good shape then, yeah, right? Yeah, I would be in perfect shape. The drones can fly right over and drop all sorts of stuff off. 
Maybe they can give me a lift to the operating room. <laughs> we'll have to see if we can work that out. Uh, Dr. Joe's here with us. We're going to be talking a little bit more orthopedic stuff. In fact, I got a question from uh, somebody that I know that we're going to we're going to delve into in just a couple minutes. But directly next, Ninja is going to update us on everything news related. So stay tuned for local news coming up next here on ninety five X. From the Ho-Chunk Gaming Wisconsin Dell Studio, this is today's best music, 95X. Now's the time to check out a new line of tractors at Pershing Equipment, located at the four-way stop of Highways 33 and 67 near Horicon and Mayville. Check out the brand new TYM tractors. These are compact tractors that will get the job done for hobby farmers. The TYM series tractors bring a large frame and more features for both premium performance and premium comfort. The four-cylinder engine is reliable and easy to maintain with minimal onboard electronics. The Series 4 models are ideal for larger hobby farms and as chore tractors for operators who need a tractor that's comfortable all day long. Bells and whistles include automatic throttle control, foldable ROPs or all-season cabin, upgraded three-point hitch system, adjustable drawbar, and accessible grease points. Stop by Pershing Equipment and talk to Jim or Nathan about the new TYM tractors. The folks at Pershing Equipment salute all our farmers during June Dairy Month. Stop in at Fleet Farm now to save 20% off a Milwaukee packout item when you buy a Milwaukee hand tool. Plus, check out Father's Day gift ideas. Fleet Farm has gifts for every dad. From tools, camping and fishing supplies, auto gear, power sports, apparel, and more. Or pick up the gift he'll love, a Fleet Farm gift card. Make dad happy this Father's Day with a gift from Fleet Farm, the official store of dad. Dependable. We know what that means in Hicksville. You've got hopes and dreams for your construction project, for your growing business, and you need a trusted building supplier who's committed to quality and service to get the materials you need cut to size and delivered to your worksite so you can get your post-frame project done right and right on time. You can depend on Hickswood. Visit Hickswood.com today. something to do check out the events page on dailytodge.com brought to you by metalcraft of mayville for contest rules information for 95x you can find more information on the contest page on dailydodge.com our next sports broadcast on daily dodge tv is set for tuesday june 28th when the beaver dam post 146 white construction american legion baseball team hosts watertown at the bdhs diamond the first pitch is set for six o'clock and is presented by Columbus Family Dental, Hometown Glass and Improvement, and the Beaver Dam Unified School District. Coverage is set for 5.50. It's Beaver Dam Post 146, American Legion Baseball, June 28th, on Daily Dodge TV. It's the morning show. I feel so good today. I wake up laughing. On 95X. News time just after 622. We're heading to the Daily Dodge News Studio for a check of news with the News Ninja. 
Last night, storms front swept along the Highway 151 corridor, triggering two tornado warnings in Dodge County between 6.45 p.m. and 7.30 p.m. Emergency management officials say a majority of the issues in the county were related to the large amounts of rain sustained in a short amount of time. The Dodge County Sheriff's Office had scattered reports of downed trees and power lines. Columbia County Sheriff's Office fielded 68 reports of downed trees and power lines, as well as some homes that were damaged. Both Alliance Energy and We Energies reported multiple outages throughout the area due to last night's storm. There were outages in Beaverdam, Fox Lake, near Wapan, in the town of Chester, Juno, and Horicon. We Energies say just over 2,500 customers were without power in Dodge County. A majority of those outages were in the city of Watertown, with around 1,300 reported. Iron Ridge had 328 outages. Currently, statewide, Alliant Energy reports just under 12,000 customers without power, while We Energies has about 36,000 customers affected. And a number of streets in Beaverdam will be chip-sealed next week. The maintenance work will begin on Monday and be completed by Thursday. 14 roads will be chip-sealed in all, including South Center Street, North Crystal Lake Road, Industrial Drive East, and North Spring Street. Temporary no-parking signs will be placed near the impacted streets. The work schedule is weather-dependent. A full list of the streets being chip-sealed is available at DailyDodge.com. I'm Justin Wilski reporting from the Daily Dodge News Center. It is 24 minutes after 6 o'clock. We are live at Marshfield Medical Center. Boy, you know you're getting old when you need a pair of readers. Right, Sherry? <laughs> yeah, and I forgot mine, so I had to grab yours. <laughs> I literally I literally have my, my reading glasses sitting off on the side because I don't always need them. Uh, thanks to Vita Park Eye Associates. Um, I don't always need them all the time, uh, especially when I got when I have a screen that I can enlarge the print. But all of a sudden, she reaches over and grabs my readers. <laughs> so, what was the reason behind the dress today? I thought for what? sure it would have been the last Rick. two days. Rick, when it was I so had hot. one on yesterday. You did? Yes. I didn't notice. No, uh, you didn't. Definitely didn't make a big deal out of uh, it like you are this morning. Okay, fine. fine. Uh-huh. Sorry, I didn't make it. <laughs> okay. Doctor Joe's hanging with us. Uh, this is uh, this is always a guy I look forward to talking to. We talk about joint replacements, and the question that I have today, Doctor Joe, is um, I, I have a client, somebody that asked me when well, next time you uh, talk to an orthopedist, ask this question: carpal tunnel syndrome. Um, I think a lot of people think they've just got to live with it, and what you're telling me is. Boy, that is definitely not the case. No, that isn't the case. You know, carpal tunnel syndrome is a condition that a lot of doctors treat. Um, once it's diagnosed and, and that's truly what you have, there's a surgical recourse for, for most of the people, and the surgery takes 15 or 20 minutes, and there's a Band-Aid on for a couple of weeks till the stitches come out, and... We don't let people do anything too heavy for a month or so, but most people are back at it just a couple of days after surgery. Wow. So you were telling me, I I always assumed that this was something like inflamed tendons and they, you know, because of that, you had to go in there and do something with them. You were telling me that this is mostly a nerve issue, right? Right. Carpal tunnel syndrome is really a pinched nerve. It's a pinched nerve at the wrist. The nerve has a name called the median nerve, but... People are used to thinking about pinched nerves in their back or their neck. Well, carpal tunnel syndrome is a pinched nerve at the wrist, and it gets a little bit too tight, and the surgery is just designed to open that space around the nerve a little to get some more blood supply to the nerve so it kind of wakes back up. 
Is that something that can be caused by something, or is it more hereditary? Well, it, it can be both. I mean, people, as, as a rule, think a carpal tunnel is coming from repetitive use or overuse, but there's some medical conditions that can cause carpal tunnel syndrome and hereditary. People can be born with a carpal canal that's smaller than normal. Um, people can have trauma where the broke the wrist or whatever and the bones get a little bit too big and that's taken up the room for the nerve. So a bunch of different conditions can, can cause it. How long, I mean, typically, if somebody would come in and, you, you said 15 minutes, I mean, is that realistic? How, how long, for you? Well, that's surgeon, my time, yeah. Right, right. But realistically, it is, it is something that is pretty manageable, then. Oh, yeah, it's day surgery. You come and go the same day, and um, either we do it just under local anesthetic, or a lot of people prefer to have a little snoozy stuff go with it so they don't hear us or see us and it's relatively painless quick procedure Um, it's very effective for people that have the condition um, um, and 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 most of the people love it you know why because what gets people with carpal tunnel syndrome is they wake up at night because our hands go to sleep and that one symptom goes away almost immediately after surgery unbelievable you know that is just absolutely Amazing. So if somebody wants to schedule an appointment with you, is that typically something that they can do directly with you guys, or do they have to go through a primary care doctor? Well, it depends what their insurance says, but by and large, most of the people can just call our office and our schedulers will help them figure out what they need to do. And that number is? Uh, 920-219-4009. All right. <laughs> I knew I was going to throw you for yeah, a loop. Yeah, you did. I had to, had to throw Dr. Joe for one loop this morning. Just What's one. your own phone number? Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> we did the uh, we had our dessert auction uh, the other day for our our children's radiothon, and um, I was identifying everybody by their first name and the last four digits of their phone number. You would not believe how many people were like struggling to try to remember the last four digits of their phone number because they don't call themselves. No, it's, I think most people pretty much pretty easily can spit out the last four digits like of their social security number because they've probably been used to doing that. Correct. But when it's the phone number, man, not always the easiest thing to do. All right. Well, it is six twenty nine here at Marshfield Medical Center in Beaver Dam, and we are going to be uh, getting into our morning trifecta coming up in just a moment. So stay close. If it's interesting, interesting, entertaining, entertaining, or extra wacky, you're having a psychotic episode. That automatically puts me in charge. You'll hear it right here. It's the morning trifecta from 95X. All right, let's get to it. Your morning trifecta brought to you by JL Tire and Service Center, the Highway 16 bypass in Watertown and also in Johnson Creek. Tom is back at the radio station holding down the fort. Sherry is here. Dr. Joe Puncinelli is here. Uh, and now it's time for your trifecta. By all means, sound off if anybody has anything they want to say. The Federal Reserve raised interest rates significantly on Wednesday, hiking to 0.075, escalating a strategy of increased borrowing costs that uh, aims to dial back historic inflation. I should say 0.75, not 0.075. The rate hark marks the um, largest increase since 1994. The dramatic rate increases follow new inflation data that showed a reacceleration of price increases in levels not seen for more than four decades. The Federal Reserve anticipated ongoing increases to its benchmark interest rate 
Um, we'll see what happens with this. Obviously, you had the whole Ukraine-Russian thing, which has been putting a tremendous pressure on a lot of things. You've had all the the COVID things that you can sit there and say what you want, but they have obviously gotten in the way of the economy for the last two and a half years. So we'll see what happens. The uh, rate hike will likely increase everything from credit card fees to mortgage rates. Let's move on. Uh, Other great news. Uh, Ford Motor Company is recalling more than 2.9 million vehicles that may roll away after being put in park. No, that's 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 something you don't want to have happen. Mm-mm. Yeah, uh, let's see. Once we're talking about Ford C Max vehicles from model years 2013 to 18, Edges, Escapes, Fusions, Transit Connect. The defect is caused by a part degrading or detaching, preventing the vehicle from shifting into the uh, intended gear. Ford says it is aware of the uh, alleged injuries and six allegations of property damage due to the problem. I can just imagine that, though. You know, I've seen videos on YouTube and TikTok and that type of thing of people thinking that they're putting their car in park and then they don't. And then they roll down the embankment. You've never had that happen to you? I have <laughs> I have not. Have you had it? Happen? I've tried getting out of the car once without putting it in park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a scary thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah. My car, and I you probably noticed this too, um, if you try to when you shut off the car like what we have mm-hmm. and it's not in park or whatever, it makes sure that you know that, that it's that yes. it's not in park. Yes. Yeah. All right, uh, this is an interesting one, guys. Japan's parliament on Monday has passed legislation making online insults punishable by imprisonment. And rising public concern over cyberbullying sparked by the suicide of a reality television star that faced lots of social media abuse. That's why this started. I'll tell you what, this is an interesting case. Uh, Under the amendment to the country's penal code, set to take effect uh, later this summer, offenders convicted of online insults can be jailed for up to one year, fined up to $2,200 for doing, for cyberbullying. I think it's a great idea to actually hold people accountable that think that they can get away with whatever they want on social media. I don't know. I'm not saying that's a big job. Right. I I know it is. I know it is. But all I know is it's people have a a license. They think they have a license to to say whatever they want about somebody just because they can remain remain anonymous. These are the same people that wouldn't do it to your face. That's exactly true. You Mm -hmm. know, and and the thing is, if you're going to talk, if if you're going to talk like that, then be able to walk up to somebody and say it to their face. And if you can't do that, then just shut up on, on the Internet. Right? I know we're all guilty of it. We've all done it at one point or another, somehow, sometimes. Uh, that is your morning trifecta. And your morning trifecta, again, was brought to you by JL Tire and Service Center, the Highway 16 bypass in Watertown and also in Johnson Creek. All right, we have, uh, we have our Kick in a Classic. And our Kick in a Classic is going to go back to 1990. We have featured this band before as our Kick in a Classic. But this has got to tie into one of the greatest movies of all time. I think a lot of people would agree. Came out in 1990, 1989, 1990. Okay. You gonna give so, me any other hints? Beautiful love story 
about a very, very rich businessman and a hooker. Oh, pretty woman. There you go. <laughs> that was the giveaway. That was the giveaway, <laughs> right. So let's let's hear our kick in a classic. It is Roxette. The number one single, It Must Be Love. All right, we're going to talk weather this morning with Jennifer. It is 648. Jennifer, uh, not only did we deal with a lot of heat and humidity yesterday, but that line of storms that went across uh, the state. Hold on one moment here, Richard. Oh, I know we're all excited to talk to Jennifer this morning, and she is just finishing up her uh, teas and porridge at the moment. Okay. What does that mean? All right, Jennifer is now on the line. All right. Hi, Jennifer. How are you? Good. Uh, How are oh, you? We are li- great. We are uh, live at Marshfield Medical Center. And I, was, I mentioned, Jennifer, that yesterday, obviously, the first and foremost thing that we dealt with was a lot of heat and humidity and, and really you know heat advisories and everything. But then as the day progressed, we started to get worried about severe storms. Um, and it does sound like we had some damage from those severe storms. Do you know offhand, Jennifer, um, were there, we, we heard about Doppler indicated tornadoes. Did you have any, or do you know of any tornado t- sightings or touchdowns that we had in, in the state of Wisconsin? Yeah, so there were two um, official ones that so far that they've seen. Um, one was in Moston, um, and uh, let's see here, confirmed tornado by a spotter. There was damage done to a hospital and to the hospital grounds. And then another one in, I'm going to mispronounce this totally, Navarino? Oh, Navarino. Navarino. Um, Yeah, yeah, and then there was an observed tornado that touched down. Okay. All right. Yeah, we we were watching, uh, you know, local Madison TV last night. And first of all, Craig and Kale at the radio station did a phenomenal job of staying on top of it um, and keeping everybody informed. I, I like, I'm a, a visual radar guy. I like watching radar. And so we saw some pretty darn strong winds uh, across the state of Wisconsin yesterday. There were some reports near Coloma, Westfield, of winds being up around 108 miles an hour, which would be hurricane status. Luckily, locally here, we did not have winds that strong. We kind of dodged a little bit of a bullet. What are we looking at over the next couple of days and into the weekend? Uh, any severe weather that we're going to have to be concerned about? It really doesn't look like it. Actually, it looks like a fairly dry forecast, actually, for the next several days. So today's sunny skies, highs getting into the mid-80s. Above average, as we should be in the upper 70s instead. A bit on the windy side today. Winds at times gusting as high as about 40 miles per hour. So something to keep in mind. And then for tonight, it looks like we'll see clear skies overnight. Lows are on about 59. Three-day on Friday, sunshine cooler tomorrow, actually. High around 78 degrees, 73 here on Saturday with sunny skies. Sunday, mostly sunny, a little warmer, high around about 81. And then about just actually more than a 10-degree increase in temperatures on Monday. Sunny skies, hot with a high around 92. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki. All right, good to have some hot, sticky stuff coming back in once again. Jennifer, next time around, how about we bust out five random facts for you? Works for me. Thanks. Uh, Thanks, Jennifer. Uh, That is Jennifer with a look at the weather forecast brought to you today by Menards, where you can always save big money. And, of course, Menards on the north side of Beaverdam right now has an ample supply of everything for the outdoors that you could possibly need for your garden, for your landscaping, or whatever it might be. Dr. Joseph Puccinelli is here. We're talking about orthopedics. And we're not just talking about Dr. Joe. We're talking about a great team that you're going to get here. And I think Obviously, when you're talking about orthopedics, boy, that is one area where you do need to have a solid team, a great group of individuals. 
we do to do the complex surgery that um, we perform here it really takes more than just the surgeon and we couldn't get the kind of outcomes that we get we couldn't do the kind of work that we do here if there wasn't a huge infrastructure making this kind of surgery work so we have everything to help help you through your surgery from a nurse navigator that'll come and see in therapy and set up all the social things before you know how am I gonna get to therapy where am I gonna go after surgery can I go right home is day surgery right for me just without her and her name's Rochelle running the running the show it, it just wouldn't happen but we have great assistants physicians assistants that really work during surgery as my number two so some of these surgeries are so complex it takes more than two hands you right. need four sometimes six hands to do the surgery um, and I can't say enough about our rehab team and that's the real advantage you get to come here to get your surgery because rehab and orthopedics are just combined in our in our IMO, I know we've talked about that before in, in the years, but physical therapy is just two doors down from my office, and if there's trouble, I can run down there and look at a patient, or if the therapist has a question, um, it's immediate communication, and, and the patient just benefits incredibly from that. Let's talk also about the rest of your team, because uh, you're not the only person nope, here. Nope, I'm not the only surgeon here. We have... Uh, Dr. Raj Rangarajan, and he is a, we're all general orthopedic surgeons, you know, we all do broken wrists and broken feet, and, but Dr. Rangarajan has a special interest and special training in doing complex shoulder surgery. Oh, wow. And he'll do things like fix your rotator cuff through the scope and do shoulder replacements and even revision shoulder replacements that they used to have to get computer modeling to have the implants made. We have Dr. Robert Seipel and again a general orthopedic surgeon but he has an interest in foot and ankle and he'll do that complex bunion surgery or people that have those flat feet where their ankles are almost touching the ground instead of their foot. Um, we have podiatry available here. We have spine surgery. I know Dr. Fairchild's going to come and talk to you in a few minutes. Um, and we have a team of people that aren't surgeons, but they do minimally invasive procedures, either through interventional radiology or through our pain suite. So this really is kind of a one-stop shop to get your musculoskeletal problems addressed. Is it... Should I think people in the area probably need to kind of take a step back and realize that this is in Beaverdam, Wisconsin, right? It is in Beaverdam, Wisconsin. You no longer need to drive to Madison or Milwaukee to get really this, um, the best care that you can get anywhere you can get locally. And the people of this community are so fortunate to have that. And that's what it's all about. Uh, by the way, to make an appointment, 920 four zero zero nine dr punchinelli it is always a pleasure to sit down and shoot the breeze with you and thank you very much i'm sure i'll see you here in a couple weeks all right beautiful that's dr joe folks get to know him and his team because i'll tell you what that whole staff over in the orthopedics department is absolutely amazing let's get wade bates in here we're going to talk sports here in a second
The Brewers' bats came alive last night in a 10-2 win over the Mets in New York. Willie Adamas went 3-for-5 with a double, two runs scored and two RBI. Corbin Burns struck out eight and six innings to earn the victory. The win last night moved Craig Council past Phil Garner as the team's all-time winningest manager. The Whitefish Bay native is proud to have accomplished so much with his hometown team. It's the people, the people in the organization of, of kind of what we've put together. When you get it, the goal of like sustaining a good baseball team um, in our market is, is some people think you can't do it. And, and the fact that we've been able to do it, I think, is a tribute to a lot of people. The, the players first and then a lot of people around them that have uh, helped the players uh, you know, be in a position to succeed. Series wraps up tonight. The first pitch set for 6.05 right after the Barnes Show on 1430 WBEB. Closer Josh Hader expected to miss a couple of days on paternity leave. The National League Central, the Reds fell to the Diamondbacks 7-4. The Pirates stopped the Cardinals 6-4 and the Cubs got rocked by the Padres 19-5. Packers wrap up their offseason program today with one final workout. Head coach Matt LaFleur feels like his squad got better over the last couple of months. It was very productive. It was nice to get back to some normalcy and having these guys around all offseason and implement a few new things and really in each area. And the foundation's been laid, so to speak. And But it is important over the course of these next 40 days or whatever it is that these guys continue to build upon what they've done and come in to training camp in great shape and ready to go. Training camp opens up on July 27th. The Packers also announced that their annual family night scrimmage will be Friday, August 5th at Lambeau Field. Colorado Avalanche took Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals 4-3 in overtime over Tampa Bay last night. Game 2 is Saturday night in Denver. The 122nd U.S. Open at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts is underway. John Rahm is the defending champ. Game 6 of the NBA Finals is tonight in Boston. Golden State leads the best of seven series three games to two and can raise the Larry O'Brien Trophy with the win tonight in Beantown. That is your DailyDodge.com sports update. I'm Wade Bates. Hello again, everybody. It's Rick Arman. We are live today from Marshfield Medical Center in Beaverdam. Thomas back at the Radio Ranch, as always, holding down the fort. Sherry is here in her dress today. You know what Thomas sent me first thing in the morning today? What? A kiss. A kiss? Yeah. He sent me a kiss emoji <laughs> to, let, to, let, to let me know that he was awake. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. That was nice, right? <laughs> yes. That's not, a, that's not a bad thing. Interesting choice, but yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, I kind of liked it. Uh, we have uh, Amy Steger joining us right now. She is uh, an APNP, which she's going to tell us what that means, mm-hmm. in pain management. Hi, Amy. Good morning. It's good to have you on on the program with us. Tell us a little bit about you. Uh, I understand that you actually grew up in this area. I did. I'm a Beaverdam native. Um, yeah. I, so ner- APNP is a nurse practitioner, just a fancy name for that. Um, so yeah, I work in pain management. I grew up in Beaverdam. I um, have been in the medical field for 20 plus years. Um, I have been a nurse for the last 13 years and then a nurse practitioner for just the last year. So what, here, let me turn my microphone up a little bit. What drew you to pain management? Because that's kind of a unique um, specialty. It sure is. Um, so I worked in the emergency room for the last, for seven years of my career. And I saw so many patients in the emergency department who came in with chronic pain symptoms and just really didn't have a place to have those symptoms addressed. And so I often heard the desperation from them that, I need help, I need hope, and they just couldn't find it. 
So to be able to pr help provide that is that's what drew me here uh, the pain management end of things over i know that i remember um somebody that i had worked with 20 plus years ago um dealt with some real chronic pain that i think was involved with his bladder if i recall correctly sure. and i just remember him talking constantly about going to see the pain management people over the last over your career in pain management there's probably been some pretty significant things that they have discovered or different treatments that they have come up with that it always got to give you, that person that's in the field, the hope that you've got to be able to help more people. Absolutely. Yeah, it's always changing. The science is amazing. <clears throat> and all the things that we're able to do now with, um, with just interventional pain treatment as, as well as with different medications. And it, there's a lot of things that we have open to us to be able to help patients who have chronic pain. Right. So when we when we're talking about chronic pain and treatments, I think, you know, I think about the old days. I watched a lot of old television and old movies and you know, the person would come into the and they'd be in really bad pain. It was like, "Give them morphine." You know, <laughs> and it was like kind of like it was there was a one size fits all kind of thing. Obviously, nowadays there's probably been a p pretty big push over the f how many years to kind of get away from some of that, that the narcotic kind of a things. Yep. Are there things on the horizon that you guys are, are doing right now that are like really kind of kind of really cool in, in getting away from that? Yeah, so there's a whole host of different medications that are non-narcotic that we can use for patients who have chronic pain that just help them live a happier, healthier life along that in conjunction with interventional treatments that Dr. Singh does in our OR here. Um, those combinations really help and then and then involving the patient in physical therapy and chiropractic care and all of those different um, different treatments really benefit the patient are we seeing are we seeing a trend where we're starting to have more people that are looking for more holistic type of things to help manage their pain yeah i i think so i i see that swing a little bit where patients um see that movement and holistic care and really just taking care of the whole body is um, important in managing their chronic pain right uh, the telephone number uh, to get a hold of you is 920-887-5981 that's correct is that correct so if somebody is dealing with chronic pain, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. is that something that they can call you direct or is that something that usually is recommended that you go through your primary care physician? So we're a referral-based clinic, so we, okay. you have to either see your primary care or another specialty center that will send a referral to us and then we'll call and get you scheduled. So since you've been in pain management, because you, decide, you decided to, to go back to school and yeah. get all this, this stuff, since, you, uh, since you've been doing it, is it something that you're like, I'm really glad that I did this because of some of the results I have a chance to see? I am so glad that I've done this. I love my job. I love my patients. I have had patients cry in my office because they're so happy we're here and they're feeling so much better. And, and they just appreciate how, how closely we work with them to involve them in their care. And we're really co-decision makers, the patient and myself and Dr. Singh. We work as a team to make sure that their care is what they need. It was interesting because before you were here, Dr. Joe Punchinelli was here. And off air, we were talking a little bit about carpal tunnel. And he mm. was talking about that nerve, that median nerve that is usually the thing that's pinched. And he said that, um, kind of like what you said, he said that, you know, he's already done a surgery where he's opened up that area 
and you can literally see the nerve relax. And I'm, I'm thinking that you've probably dealt with some people that have come in that are at their wits end and all of a sudden they leave and they're like, oh my God, I cannot believe that this is how I feel now. Yeah, it, when Dr. Singh does his um, injections um, in the OR, that's how we really target those nerves with um, steroid injections, it can take a few days to really start feeling the, the effects of it, but so many times patients come in and um, a co- couple weeks after their procedure and they're just so much happier and so relieved and it's just it's so neat to see i was going to say the gratification just on that part of your job has got to be amazing it is amazing i love it all right uh, again the number 920-887-5981 thomas let us get to entertainment news What's happening in Hollywood? I am going to Hollywood. Movie stardom is just so hollow. Welcome to Hollywood. What's your dream? This is entertainment news from the 95X Morning Show. All right, entertainment news brought to you by JL Tire and Service Center, the Highway 16 bypass in Watertown, and also in Johnson Creek. All right, so you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? We are ready. Okay. Katie Holmes is proudly showing off her new boyfriend. The actress held hands with boyfriend Bobby Wooten III on the red carpet for the premiere of her film Alone Together, written and directed by Holmes, who also stars. And this was at the Tribeca Film Festival in New York City on Tuesday. Wooten and Holmes first sparked romance rumors while they were spotted out and about in New York City in April. Wooten is currently playing bass in Moulin Rouge, the musical on Broadway, and he recently played at Coachella with Carly Rae Jepsen. He has also been nominated for a Grammy Award in the past, serves as an adjunct an adjunct instructor, sorry about that, at NYU Tisch School of the Arts and is from Chicago. So he's a Midwest transplant like she is. Oh. She's from Ohio. A source told People of Wooten in April that he's, quote, an amazing guy, very kind, super talented, and just an all-around cool guy. So she's involved with somebody that's an entertainer, but not like a, fam- a super famous entertainer that's probably getting paparazzi every day. Correct. So maybe her life is able to be a little bit more normal because of that. Maybe, yeah. You know, I think it, I always, the person I always think of is Julia Roberts. You know, she's married to somebody yeah. that's in the entertainment world as a photographer and a pretty well-known photographer, but not somebody that a lot of people are going to follow around because, ooh, what are they doing now kind of a thing. And I wonder if that helps keep a normal life. I would think. I could see that being a good balance because someone technically in the industry would understand what it's like to be in the industry, but like you said, not drawing that heavy attention. If you were like a super, super famous Hollywood star, if all of a sudden it happened for you, Uh would you want to live out in L.A. or would you want to stay in Beaver Dam? (laughs) I don't know if I'd stay in Beaver Dam, but I wouldn't live in L.A. That's for sure. No, I Mm -mm. I think I'd stay away from that as well. How about you, Amy? Oh, yeah. No way. No. No. It's a cool area. It is a cool area to visit. But unfortunately... You got too much, too. It's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. It's a lot. What else you got? Uh, Vince McMahon. Alleged, you know that name, right? Yeah, WWE. Yeah. He allegedly paid an ex-employee $3 million in a hush pact after they had an affair. Uh, the World Wrestling Entertainment's board is investigating the allegations. The woman, who was allegedly hired as a paralegal in 2019 
says McMahon paid $1 million and then another $2 million over a five-year period. He's been married to the same woman since 1966. Linda McMahon, who was a senator or um, representative or something like that. Okay. Um, I think in New York. So, yeah. yeah. Oh. Zendaya is not pregnant with Tom Holland's baby, according to Zendaya. Right. <laughs> she did something funny. She made the denial after a video of a fake ultrasound went viral. The, the ultrasound was made to look as if it was posted by her. Um, the video then cuts to footage of Kris Jenner dancing to Lady Marmalade. <laughs> the trend is known as getting, quote, Chris. Correct. Mm-hmm. On her Instagram story Wednesday, she said, See, now this is why I stay off Twitter. Just making stuff up for no reason weekly. Last year, Tom Holland had told People Magazine that he can't wait to be a dad. Uh, people used to get Rickrolled, if you remember that, oh, right? Rick, Rick Astley. Yeah. And yeah. so now people are doing the, the Chrising thing. The Chrising thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hang on. My computer's wanting to do an update. i got to stop it. Uh, and lastly, while some actors really want that monumental Oscar moment, others would rather have fun in their roles. Yes. That includes Samuel L. Jackson, who is known for both his serious roles and his less serious ones. While he will probably still kill it in all of his roles, he prefers to do the big budget superhero movies that barely get Oscar buzz, but get a lot of money. Quote, I was never going to let the Oscars be a measure of my success or failure as an actor. My yardstick, my yardstick of success is my happiness. Am I satisfied with what I'm doing? If I'm not statue chasing movies, you know, if you do this movie, you'll win an Oscar. That's him like right. suggesting how people are. And he's like, no, thanks. I'd rather be Nick Fury or having fun being Mace Windu with a lightsaber in my hand. Did I say that name? Mace right? Windu, yeah. No, I did it right. Yeah, see, because I, mean, I don't know Star Wars like you guys do. Right. Um, but the actor added that he doesn't care about Oscars. He does care about the fans, specifically the ones who read lines back to him. He said, I'm the guy who does the lines that people see on T-shirts. There's actors who go their whole careers and no one can quote a line they've said in a movie. Uh, the one line that right he, about that. The one line that he gets thrown back at him a lot. We can't even come close to saying on the radio. No, nope. because <laughs> it's a it's a word that he's very famous for. <laughs> it's a compound word. <laughs> I I love Sam. Yeah, I love I love he's I love definitely Sam. Definitely entertaining. Yeah, he's and he's been in some absolutely completely iconic roles, mm-hmm. um, and ones that uh, it will never forget. I mean. Pulp Fiction is not Pulp Fiction without Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, I figured that was the first one you were going to mention. Right. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think of Die Hard 3. Wait, he was in Die Hard 3? Yeah. Cause oh, he was, yeah. He was in, a crucial part Di- of that movie. He was a very crucial part of the movie because um, at the opening um, part of that movie, they, they make um, John, uh, Bruce Willis, yeah. wear a sign that's very racist. And he has to go to a very, very black neighborhood. And Samuel L. Jackson owns a pawn shop there. They're like, Mr. Seth, you got to see what this guy's doing out there. And he sticks his head out the window and he says, do me a favor. Call 911. Because <laughs> he knows what's going to go down. You yeah. Know? yeah, he was great in that movie. I've never seen Snakes on a Plane. Oh, great movie. Thomas? Either. Oh, and Deep Blue, is it a great movie? Deep Blue Sea is another classic. 
Yeah, he's got a great are, scene in Deadpool. We'll see. I think that he was he was trying to position himself. I think to have some kind of a flashback role in Obi Wan, and I don't know if it. A lot of times in those things we don't know. Like we never knew. Oh, I can't give it away, but there was a person in the Mandalorian that made a big appearance that we weren't expecting. Um, so I don't know. Maybe Mace Windu does make a uh, correct. An appearance. Because uh, what happened to Mace Windu? So, he got his hand chopped off and he was thrown out of a building. We've seen Jedi far or face far worse and survive. So the likelihood of Windu exactly. being alive in the in the universe, highly plausible. Oh, uh, I know. That's what I'm keeping my fingers crossed for. Hey, that is a look at your entertainment news and entertainment news again. Today was brought to you by the good folks at JNL Tire and Service Center, the Highway 16 bypass in Watertown, and also in Johnson Creek. We're going to get to Ninja's news coming up next. News time just after 7.27. We head back to the Daily Dodge News Studio for a check of News with the News Ninja. Local law enforcement is asking for help in solving a nearly 20-year-old missing persons case from Beaver Dam. Jacqueline K. Moses of Beaver Dam went missing on December 20th of 2003. She was staying at a woman's shelter in the city, but then left. Moses is white with brown hair and green eyes, is 5'1 to 5'5, and weighs approximately 120 to 100. 160 pounds. Anyone with information is asked to contact Beaverdam Police Detective Daniel Coons. A photo of Moses is available at dailydodge.com. Authorities in Columbia County have seen a recent increase in the number of illegal drugs throughout the area. Sheriff's officials say the amount of cocaine recovered through investigations and traffic stops is significant. They add that methamphetamine and illicit fentanyl pills continue to be prevalent in the county. The Columbia County Sheriff's Office asks residents to contact their Crime Stoppers tip line if they are aware of any criminal or drug activity. Over 1,000 boxes of cereal found its way to four area food banks and two local shelters thanks to recent efforts of food production company ConAgra and the United Way of Dodge County. The Breakfast of Champions food drive was part of the company's month of service project, which sees the facility and its employees seek out ways to give back to the community in impactful ways. United Way of Dodge County Director Harper Merck praised the corporation for their continued dedication to Beaver Dam and the surrounding area. I'm Justin Wilski reporting from the Daily Dodge News Center. It is 29 minutes after 7 o'clock. Thank you, News Ninja. The look at news this morning. Uh, Thomas back at the Radio Ranch holding down the fort. It's me and Sherry on location today. We're at Marshfield Medical Center and Amy Steger's joining us right now. APNP. She's a nurse practitioner and deals with uh, pain management. We were talking off air, Amy, about um, how satisfying your job gets to be um, when you're able to find that right thing for that patient that has maybe dealt with pain for a long, long time. Unfortunately, some people just some people just think they have to live with things when they don't have to live with things, right? For sure, and they absolutely don't have to live with chronic pain. We are here and happy to help in any way that we can we work like we work with the patients super closely to make sure that they have the care that they need and their decision makers in their care and we can provide these treatments for them that 
a lot of people don't know really exist. So give us a couple examples, if you don't mind, of like some of the th- some of the pains there, because obviously there's some pre- probably some pretty common ones. Sure, absolutely. So really, probably the biggest thing that we see in our practice is is back back and neck pain. Um, we that's a, a very big majority of our patients that we see. Um, we have patients who come in with with this pain that they've had for years, whether it's due to like spinal stenosis or herniated discs or, or you know, or anything like that. Um, and they come in and we work with them. We get the scans that they need, and then we get them in with Dr. Singh into the OR to have these injections done um, that he does. And we get patients who come out of there feeling like a whole new person. Do you think that there's a lot of people that maybe don't come to see you guys because they're afraid that, oh, they might have to have some kind of a major surgery, not even knowing that something like this is available? Probably, yeah. And most chronic pain doesn't, a lot of chronic pain doesn't require surgery. Um, There's very conservative treatments that we can do, whether it's, you know, whether it's the injections with Dr. Singh or working collaboratively with our other our other specialties, physical therapy, chiropractic care, um, you know, all those specialties that we can send patients to and and using medications as well to really treat the whole person. When you say treat, um, like if you bring up something um, that is a very common situation, does it, does pain management just block pain or does it actually help to fix a problem that's a really good question right um, so a our, little, or is it a little of both it's a, probably a little bit of both um it's it it is more of a the inter- the um, injections that we do are nerve block injections so they either block the nerve signal pain right. or they we inject steroids around the nerves that help decrease the inflammation exactly um, so those things can kind of fix the pain. Um, there's always the chance that it can come back. Right. But we can always repeat these interventions as we need to as well. Right. So you, how busy are you? Are you guys like pretty busy all the time? We are pretty busy for only say, starting in April. That's amazing. So, yeah, we've had a lot of patients, and it's been so it's been so great to see see people come in and get the treatment for the for the pain that they've lived with for so long typically when somebody comes in mm-hmm. um is there kind of a like a not just a questionnaire but is there some kind of a uh, something that you look at first and then kind of talk about options with the patient yeah so when a, when a new patient comes in to see us we have them fill out a pretty long intake form it goes through a lot of their history and um things that they've done in the past to treat pain and then we work with them. We we do an, we have a conversation in the office. We talk about any imaging that they've had, or you know treatments that have worked or haven't worked, medications they have or haven't used, and we just have a conversation about it. And we we work together to figure out a treatment plan. All right. And again, the telephone number nine two zero eight eight seven five nine eight one. You got it right. So I'm going to I'm going to give you a gold, gold star. I, you're getting a gold star <laughs> on that one. You didn't flub the number at all, so congratulations. That was uh, really, really well pe- well played. I do have a couple of other things in the world of health that I wanted to bring up today that uh, made our news this morning. One has to do with sleep. I think we've all figured out by now that it's kind of an important component to our daily thing. 
Um, there is no doubt that a lot of people are sleep deprived, but is there an age when you get the least amount of sleep? So I'm going to throw this out at all of you right now. Thomas, I'm going to start with you. Is there an age that you think typically people are most sleep deprived at? Oh, most sleep deprived. Uh, I'm going to say like 13 when you first get a computer and you don't know anything about uh, moderation. (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. So Thomas is saying 13 when you first get a computer. Amy, what do you think? I think back to the days where my kids were very little and the newborn stage in parenthood. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we'll say probably like late 20s, early 30s. 30s, yeah. Sherry? Um, I'm going to go early 20s. You know, my son is almost 20 years old. And I know that he, yeah, yeah. I know he thinks he can like stay up really late at night and still have to get up really early in the morning for work. And then he ends up paying for it every time. But (laughs) well, According to the Medical College of Georgia, we get the, the least amount of sleep at the age of 40. Really? Yeah. But that, could, that, but that could go along with what Amy was talking about. Maybe not newborns, but now you're running kids everywhere for, for sporting well, events and this too. and that and everything else, right? By the way, you will start getting more sleep when you hit 60. So you only have a few years, Sherry. Shut up. I mean, more than a few years, but a, a few oh, years yeah, plus a few, a few years plus a few years. You know what I'm saying? Um, we've all heard the. This is one more health story for you. We've all heard the health benefits of eating fish. Yes. Um, I mean, we've heard about the Mediterranean diet and how good mm-hmm. that is. Well, studies have shown that omega-3 fatty acids in fish are linked to better heart and better brain health, but. Here's the caveat. Just like all things that are good for you, too much of it can be harmful. New research is now suggesting that people who eat a lot of fish are at a higher risk of developing melanoma. Oh, really? That's, that's a, an interesting that's connection. very, very interesting. And, and this That's is not, not a, what I thought you were going to say. This is not a small study. We are talking about a study of 490,000 Americans found that 20% with the highest consumption of fish also ended up having a 25% higher risk of melanoma than the 20% of people with the lowest consumption of fish. Hmm. So they looked at all people consuming fish, and that 25% of the hires were the ones that were getting more melanomas. So we don't know what, the, what it is. Could it be mercury? Could it be PCPs that are that are trickling into the fish? Experts are recommending eating two 14-ounce servings of fish per week. Okay. Per week. So maybe you want to back off a little bit on that sushi, some of you, right? Take in, <laughs> just, take in just a little bit. All right. Well, we are live today at Marshfield Medical Center in Beaver Dam. And coming up in just a moment, we are going to get to our next Kicking It Classic. And we are going to do it today... Because we are celebrating this day in 2007 when our singer got married on the Italian Riviera. It might have been his first, no, maybe his second, no, maybe his third. Yeah, I think it might have been his third marriage. He's got seven kids in total between all his wives. We'll have our featured artist who was married today to Penny Lancaster on this day in 2007. Coming up next on 95X. 
What's on your mind? I have some news I want to share. Want to hear it? Yeah, it kind of depends what the news is. Is it good news? Good news. Great, good news. <laughs> That's good news. Great. That is good news. Good news. Let's hear it. All right, let's get to our good news segment right now. Boston will begin curbside food waste collection in August. What does that mean? Okay, Boston will begin curbside food waste collection in August. I'll tell you what it means. It means it's going to make it easier for households to dispose of household food waste. Meanwhile, they'll be reducing the city's reliance on landfills and incinerators. This is the thing that I love. Food waste is one-third, one-third of the city's current waste. Garbage to garden will turn that waste into clean energy. While save that stuff will make compost for parks, gardens, and schools. Any Boston resident living in a residential building with six units or less can enroll. This year's program will be capped at 10,000 households with the goal of adding another 10,000 or more every year. In July, starter kits will be delivered to enrolled residents, which include a manual, liners, kitchen bin, collection bin, and a magnet outline um, that, uh, that will be on what is accepted. So you'll be able to plop that up on your refrigerator. Accepted materials include things like coffee grounds, fruits and vegetables, meat and seafood, and eggs. Boston's Zero Waste Plan outlines the city's strategy to reduce its waste by 2035. Is that not brilliant? Mm, it's brilliant. You know, you think about it, and you're able to do something like that and create great things from it. Mm-hmm. This is something that we should be investing in. And you can and you can sit there and you're like, ah, just, just throw it in a landfill. That ain't the answer. No, that's not the answer. We, we, we know what the answer is. All right, what do you got? Um, I think we had a story similar to this in the last two weeks, but in a different location in our country. But uh, Denver's STAR program, which sends mental health professionals to certain nonviolent 911 calls instead of to police. Oh, that's right. Reduced crime by 34% while saving tax dollars. Analyzing the pilot phase, Thomas D. of Stanford University estimated there were 1,400 fewer criminal offenses as a result of STAR, which began in 2020. In the neighborhoods that were focused on, lower-level crimes fell by 34%. There were fewer citations, and people were less likely to reoffend, even during the program's off hours. Targeted lower-level crimes, things like uh, you know disorderly conduct, trespassing, sure. uh, fell dramatically in those downtown precincts relative to the other precincts where the program was unavailable. A study found that it would have cost the city nearly four times more to place people in the criminal justice system. Unbelievable. Had they not had that program. So this is this is the, the basically that where a police officer and a mental health a mental health professional are together. Mm-hmm. Is and it? That the story that we had a couple weeks ago was very similar, but the rate was even higher. Um, I, I I mean, it's just it's showing to be a huge success. Right. What I hope people and a money saver, right? I hope people aren't going to people fight. are worried about that. I, I hope people aren't going to fight this. And you know, so many, so many times we expect our police officers to be able to be experts in everything, mm-hmm. and they can't be. They can't be everything to everybody. But boy, you get mental health experts involved, and it can be an amazing thing. Which 
works perfectly, does it not, Amy? It sure does. It, we, Amy's here, and we are, we are talking about pain management. Amy Steger um, is with the pain management uh, department here at uh, Marshfield Medical Center. And um, Amy and I were talking off air about different ways that you can manage pain. And Dr. Ben's going to be here later on. He's a chiropractor, and, of course, that's something that can be great for pain management. Some of the things like acupressure, acupuncture, dry needling can also be things. You told me something that got my ears to stand up a little bit. Tell us a little bit about something else that has been kind of a breakthrough thing when it comes to pain management. Yeah, so pain psychology is actually a a thing, um, which I didn't know about until I started in this field, which I I find it absolutely fascinating. Pain is such a big word moment, biopsychosocial process. So it not only is it a physical problem, but it can also be um, your mental health plays a big role into it too. And there's a host of other things. So we actually have a pain psychologist dedicated to de- working with our our pain our pain patients one on one. He's actually located in Manaqua, but he does telehealth visits with our patients here and even in Marshfield and the other sure. sites because Manaqua is kind of a hike. So um, he is a huge benefit to us and really working with our patients to to work through the psychosocial aspect of pain. How, so how do you, how do you determine, as a, as a person that's in pain management, how do you determine like which direction to go on all these different directions? Because this one sounds really, really groundbreaking. It, it is, and we tend to go, um, a lot of times it isn't just one direction we go. We, okay. we kind of split off into a whole bunch of different directions to really address all the aspects of chronic pain. Um, we, you know, we we address the physical aspect of it with injections and medications. We um, we address the psychosocial aspect of it with pain psychology um, and that kind of thing. And then we also incorporate some of the quote unquote alternative therapies like acupuncture or dry needling or massage therapy in our sure. physical therapy department. Um, any of those, and our physical therapy department does things like aqua therapy and all of those things too to really help our patients be able to to move better and all of those things just work together to help the patient i'll tell you folks i'll tell you folks during the break when we're listening to rod stewart amy and i got into some deep discussions about myofascial release let me tell you right i mean this is this is some pretty big stuff but seriously as when you think about what we know today and then you think back to those old west days where the doctor was saying, we got to pull your tooth here, drink this whiskey. <laughs> you know, when you think about how far we have come and now how so many things are starting to, we're starting to really open the door more on so many things that are mental health mm-hmm. related. I don't know that anybody ever would have really thought about the aspect, the tie between, between pain management and helping from a psychosomatic type of a situation. Right. Well, and it, a lot of times, and really the, just the way the, the nervous system functions, uh, the nerves send signals to our brain, and there's pain pathways and all of that. And once we figure out how to break the pain cycle with medications and, and interventions, we also have to break that mental pain cycle. The example that I had heard listening to uh, some of the educational podcasts that I listened to um, had said something like, when your eyes hurt when you turn the bright light on, 
and then you want to close your eyes but you just kind of keep adjusting to the bright light and eventually you adjust to it and it doesn't hurt anymore the pain is a very similar thing where we you have to almost train your brain to to be okay with to be not okay with pain but to adjust to improving pain levels right and a lot of it is a lot of it has to do with just learning learning how to different coping mechanisms along with the the therapies we provide right and, and to me those honestly those are pretty i don't want to say they're easy to do but boy there's something that doesn't take a lot i don't have to go see a doctor right. necessarily i don't have to have maybe an injection this time mm -hmm. you know i can kind of help myself right. a little bit on this amy fascinating stuff thanks for it being sure with is. us today thank you for having me it's been great Hey, everybody. We are back at Marshfield Medical Center in Beaver Dam, and it has been a fantastic morning so far. Uh, back at the radio station, Thomas is holding down the fort, doing a great job, as always. Uh, Sherry is here. Um, she's doing whatever it is that she would do. Hi. Can you just try and be nice this morning? I, uh, I am oh, trying oh. very, very hard. Mm hmm Hi. Did you hear Thomas? He laughed about that. He's like, that was a shot. That was more of an exclamation. That was not a laugh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and right now we're joined by Dr. Todd Fairchild, spine surgeon. We had a chance to visit with Dr. Fairchild. I don't know if it was last show or, or two shows ago, but learned a lot of cool things out about him and about uh, spine surgery. Hello again, sir. Uh, hello, thanks for having me. We are glad to have you back. Again, for folks that are just joining us, give us a little bit of uh, your history. Where, where are you from, Dr. Todd? Originally from Muncie, Indiana. Oh, we are not going to hold that against you. <laughs> did you. Did you grow up a Hoosier fan? I sure did. I was a big Bobby Knight IU fan uh -huh. growing up. It must, have been, it must have been hard, though, if you also liked their football program, right? It was. Uh, <laughs> those were some Lee Corso years. Those were some tough years. Hey, let's talk a little bit about, uh, about what you do as a spine surgeon. I think it's uh, pretty amazing the fact that we're able to have um, a spine surgeon of your caliber specialty right here in Beaver Dam, Wisconsin. We've talked about Marshfield Medical Center and what they're doing with this facility. It is absolutely extraordinary. I'm excited to be here. I've been with Marshfield for about a year now and been down at Beaver Dam coming down here for about nine months. And I'm here every other week for a full week. And it's, it's going quite well. The clinics have been uh, busier and busier and, and the, the word is out that we're here. Um, what I'm especially excited about is the collaborative effort that we've been able to, uh, to uh, really produce here and we have so many different uh, providers that can help patients with back and neck pain uh, back and neck problems and it's uh, it's it's good to be part of that team so what do you what do you see a lot of I mean obviously as a spine surgeon I can only imagine some of the intricate things that you're getting involved in but generally speaking what do you see a lot of that's it's a good question because people think uh, I'm a back and neck surgeon, a right. spine surgeon, and so I operate on the cervical and the lumbar spine primarily. Uh, but patients are, are really almost always uh, interested to learn that spine surgery for back and neck pain, it's really not a good thing. You right. really should not do that. Now, spine surgery is a more appropriate 
is a, a more appropriate procedure for nerve pain, for pain that goes into the arms and the legs. And that is, and the reason is, is because that's a more predictable outcome. If we can discover what's what nerve is pinched and generating the pain, then we can free that nerve up and stabilize. Maybe we have to stabilize the spine in order to do that. But it's predictable at that point. We know if the nerve is free or, you know, if the plumber unclogs your drain, he knows right. the water is going down. So exactly. it's, it's a, but it's one of those things where if, if you go try to operate on back or neck pain by itself, without, especially without trying anything else, right. that is a recipe for disaster. So in other words, so in other words um, we've always looked at, we've always heard about the uh, spine kind of being the, what they call it, the central nervous center. Sure. So do we, if you, if you break this down into computer terms, is your spine like the motherboard? I, yes, and it, 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 it's, it is an electrical system, for right. sure. It's uh, and it sends signals out to the uh, to the to the limbs and the organs, and it also gets input back. And it's if you can discover part of the the interesting part of my job, as well as the the importance of the job, is to figure out exactly which nerves are pinched. And so the diagnosis is so important. And when, when you're fixing anything, whether it be a motherboard or an engine, you really have to know what part is broken in order to go fix it. Right. And so, it, believe it or not, you think, well, that's easy. My back hurts. Just fix my back. Well, that's, there's a lot of parts in your back, just like there's a lot of parts in your motherboard or a lot of parts in your car engine. I tell patients all the time, I say, you know, you're, listen, you, you, your, your car won't start. And you know you don't know whether it's the battery, you don't know whether it's the starter, you don't know whether it's the ignition. You hope it's something. Um, you hope it's not the alternator, but you hope it's the battery, something easy to replace. You hope that, but you need to you need to determine that and diagnose that first before you can just go replace your battery or or do something simple in someone's back. I love the fact that we, what you guys have developed here at Marshfield Medical Center Beaver Dam is this huge team. That has all these people that like they, they they do some of the similar stuff, but they all have their own like specialty that they're really good at. You know, we had Dr. Joe Puncinelli in here earlier, and we were talking to him, and I, I brought up to him uh, carpal tunnel syndrome, sure, um, which something that maybe typically you wouldn't think that I would be bringing up to a spine surgeon about, but the tie-in here is I did not realize that one of the main issues when we're talking about carpal tunnel syndrome isn't just having inflamed tendons or whatever it's the actual nerve that's the thing that really is the thing that causes the problem i didn't know that up until this morning yeah that's interesting that you're, you're probably right until you know for us it's very oh it's it, it it seems like common sense right that, you know because we go and look at someone's median nerve which is the nerve that's pinched in the carpal tunnel and we free that nerve up and we think that everybody knows that. Well, I don't think people just think that the, the hand goes numb because you're moving it too much, or it's it's swollen. Right. They don't realize that it's actually a nerve that's pinched, and that um, and then when you release the ligament over the nerve, which is the carpal tunnel surgery, that that is that 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 that's how you fix it. Right. So we talked to Amy right before you were here oh. in pain management, and there's another aspect that obviously ties in with so much of what all of you guys do. Yeah. We, um, like I said before, we're developing, we've developed and are continuing to develop a very 
good team of uh, providers. They're able to add specific um, specific things in order to help patients with their with their back and their neck. Um, you know, Dr. Shire, who's going to be on the show in a few minutes, he's a chiropractor, a very skilled at helping patients avoid and treat patients with uh, conservative management and helping avoid seeing me in the operating room because I really am a last resort. It is, And that's what I like about having different resources around me and to be able to say, how can you help this person? How can you help this person? Give it, you know, it, and I, convincing patients, well, give it a try. You know, when we discuss the risk of spine surgery, it's really important to know that it's a last resort. You don't, it's, and there are big risks there. So you want different people to help you try to avoid the ultimate uh, decision, which is to make, uh, which is to make a decision to have someone cut open your back or your neck, right. you don't want to do that lightly. So, when, when, if we could just talk a little bit about what you do with the back and the neck, obviously we hear a lot about discs, mm-hmm. and you did a great job last time we were here talking about discs. You know, I kind of wanted to rehash on that if sure. we could. Sure. What exactly? is a disc because i'm thinking of like a sponge or something but what is it it's it, that's actually a really good analogy because it, a, a disc is uh, is the ligamentous and a structure between the bones in the back and it acts as a shock absorber um, and it does very much hold there are different proteins in the disc that are able to hold water and when we look at, for instance, look at an MRI, we look at a disc. A degenerated disc is not holding. A disc is not holding water because water is a good shock absorber. And in a disc as well, when there's water remaining in the disc, that means the disc is healthy. And that, and when discs become unhealthy, they d- start to dry up and they start to collapse and they start to form and they start to crack. The outside starts to crack and some of the inside material can actually leak out and touch the nerves and that's a, that's a herniation and so um, and then they can form bone spurs and that's just like any other joint in the body so with this with the with the the, the disc and everything like that how does that how do why why are some people affected by having disc issues because I knew somebody personally that had a couple of really bad discs and the amount of pain that he was going through I mean you could read it on his face what causes problems with discs you know it's I I think it's like most most things in in the medicine it's a combination of genetics and then environmental problems it's it's I have patients come in all the time and say I've, I've worked hard my whole life I'm a farmer and I and it's true obviously true and their back looks horrible well then I have other farmers come in for different reasons they work equally as hard and their back looks fine right so you can't say that it's entirely environmental I think it adds to it but it's a lot of it is genetic a lot of it's genetic uh, their their parents have had bad backs and they have bad they they, they pass that along you know it's genetic things are multi there are multiple genes involved they have there's not one osteoarthritis gene or degenerative gene um, there, there are multiple things go into the generation of any joint and uh, but it is a fa- it is a combination of genetics and environmental okay yeah I kind of I figured that it had to play some co- something yeah. in it because you can't have two people that side by side 
are doing exactly the same thing, and one's got this outcome and one's right. got this outcome. We're going to go to the uh, newsroom coming up in a little bit, plus Jennifer will be along, and we will be talking south-central Wisconsin weather. So stay tuned, folks. More of the morning show live from Marshfield Medical Center, Beaver Dam, coming up. We welcome everybody back. We're going to be going live uh, with our interviews coming up in a little bit. But first, uh, we're going to bring Jennifer in here in a moment or no, so. No, I'm sorry, Rick. We're this is the talk. second time I've had to do this to you. We're a little bit early. Jennifer is uh, just going to be about 45 to uh, 60 seconds away from us right now. Okay, so this is where you go ahead and do something really entertaining. So let me tell you about the time that I tried juggling, and uh, I realized that I have no coordination whatsoever. Lost all my balls, and it just gave up the hobby right there. So that was my short career into the world of juggling. It's a lot harder than it looks, Rick. Yeah. See, Sherry, she was over by her computer and walked back and sat down. So what she heard... was about you and your spherical things that you throw in the air, but she didn't know you were talking about the spherical things you throw in the oh, air. Oh, I was. I, I, didn't know I you have were talking about juggling. Yeah, I have three three balls, and the thing is, like when you're looking above yourself, you're trying to aim at this little parabola, like over your shoulder almost, and that's your target when you're aiming and throwing the balls, and then you have to like keep that tempo and keep that rhythm, and it's really tough to do. I mean, Rick, as someone that struggles with rhythm, I mean, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I can't juggle. I, I, I struggle with rhythm. I can't juggle. I can't sing. I can't dance. I I have a pro- I wish. I wish I was like all of you guys that used to play instruments or were talented singers or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wish I could be like that. I I have no talent. And <laughs> other than the fact other than the fact that I know, You said it. We didn't. Rick has no talent. I, I'm I'm completely honest about it. I know how to do a lot of things. That's what makes that's what makes me probably valuable, is the fact that I know how to do a lot of different things, and I know a lot of stuff. But, I know stuff. But juggling is not one of them. Jennifer, do you have any skills like juggling? Do you know how to juggle? My husband does, but no, I don't Ooh. have. Um, no, I, I can't. I can't think of any skill like that that I would have. No. Jennifer, I thought I thought one of the skills you had was hula hooping. Ooh. Oh, I guess, yeah. I can hula hoop for a long time. <laughs> that's a real skill. <laughs> that is a that skill. Is a I won skill. a few contests. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I didn't cool. know that. Do Don't you have be trophies? so humble. That is... <laughs> that's, not, that's, not, that's not a skill that, you know, pops up into my head immediately. So. No, but it is a skill because I can, I can probably think of, we could probably uh, interview 100 people. And maybe only a couple of them could actually do it decent, right? So, it is a skill. It is a skill. All right, Jennifer, let us get to our weather forecast, uh, and then we're going to knock out five random facts for you. Yesterday, as I mentioned, we first of all, we had to deal with all day and all afternoon uh, a heat advisory and some really sticky conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, at our brat fry yesterday, we actually had a couple of people that needed to sit down. Um, just because they were starting oh, to get boy. a little bit uh, a little bit woozy from the heat. Then that went away, and then we dealt with severe weather. And you talked to about two touchdowns. I've seen some of the pictures that are coming out of that Moss and Toma area. And boy, there was some there was some Yeah. I just I actually just saw an article a little bit ago that said the mayor of Moston has declared it a disaster. Are you serious? Oh, boy. 
It's that bad. Oh, Mm -hmm. my goodness. Well, luckily for most of the people in our area, we didn't deal with that horrendous stuff. But there was a lot out there. Jennifer, when you look at the forecast right now, are you seeing any other severe weather popping up for us over the next few days? Really not, no. I mean, it really looks like a pretty calm forecast here um, coming in. A bit on the windy side today, but beyond that, it's actually going to be pretty dry, actually. Sunny skies today, highs into the mid-80s, winds gusting as high as about 40 miles per hour, so something to keep in mind. Then tonight, mostly clear, low near 59. Friday, it looks like some sunshine tomorrow, high 78 degrees, little on the cooler side. Our coolest day comes in on Saturday, sunshine high 73. Warming up already here on Sunday, mostly sunny, high of 81. Then by Monday, sunny sky conditions, bit of an increase in temperatures, high around 92 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Puchitsky. This is five random facts. Let's spin the random wheel of topics. Yeah, he's just saying random words. On the 95X Morning Show. All right, let's get to it. It is time for five random facts. Random fact number one. This is amazing. Lake Superior is responsible for 10% of the world's fresh water. Wow. That's unbelievable. I had no idea. For those of you that kind of want to get in perspective, the size of Lake Superior, from a mile standpoint, it's about the size of South Carolina. And it contains 2,900 cubic miles of water. It's a very deep lake. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of water, friends. A lot of water. Thank goodness for the Great Lakes. Random fact number two. The Swedish government owned Absolute Vodka until 2008. They sold it for approximately $6.3 billion to Pernod Ricard, the company that makes Seagram's and Chivas Regal, and Jameson's Irish Whiskey, and Kahlua, and Malibu Rum. So now, Absolute is no longer owned by a Swedish company, but by a big conglomerate. Random fact number three, the original stop signs that debuted in 1915, they're actually, when you if you were to see them, they were smaller than the current ones and featured black letters on a white background. In the 1920s, they changed the color of the signs to become black on yellow. They weren't white or red until 1954. So think about that. Stop signs back in the day looked like yield signs. Mm-hmm. And then some somebody finally said, hey, maybe we should do something different with this. Maybe something brighter. Yeah. and More now, noticeable. Right. And now, I, I obviously... Red is the color that we associate with anything stopping. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Uh, random fact number four, horses and sharks are very ticklish. <laughs> Here, Jaws, goochie, goochie, goochie. Here, Jaws. Although maybe you shouldn't go around tickling any sharks to test them out. But, yeah, sharks and horses are very ticklish. <laughs> I don't How know. do people figure these things out? <laughs> That's what I want okay, to know. Okay, <laughs> so, so the shark that I will tickle is the whale shark. Mm. That's because an they excellent only shark eat to tickle. Plank- yes. Right, because they eat, good choice. they eat plankton. Right. You know, they don't, want, they don't want me. They don't look at me as food. And lastly, there are two ATMs 
in Antarctica. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they're they're whose job it is to fill those. They're run by Wells Fargo. <laughs> so if you have a Wells Fargo account, there's no ATM fee. If you don't have Wells Fargo, there's an ATM fee. Remember, I wonder Thomas, what the fee is. I think I, and, <laughs> right. And, and here's the thing, Thomas. You remember a while back. Well, <laughs> you're right, exactly. <laughs> Thomas, you remember that there was a uh, what was it a gift shop down in Antarctica that was looking to hire somebody? Yes, it was. Yeah. Because I remember you making a comment like that would really be a cool job to do. I think that would be for like a year or something. That'd be a nice little sabbatical. I agree. I agree. But just make sure you have a Wells Fargo account if you do that. Hey, Jennifer, whatever it is that you do today, I know for a fact that you will do it with style and grace. So make it a great day. Not a problem. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. There's Jennifer. There's Jennifer with a look at the weather forecast. We're going to get uh, our good doctors in here in just a moment. But first, we're going to head back off to the Daily Dodge News Center in just a moment to get you all caught up on today's local news. News times 830 and 30 seconds. Let's head back to the Daily Dodge News Studio for a check of news with the News Ninja. Local law enforcement is asking for help in solving a nearly 20-year-old missing persons case from Beaver Dam. Jacqueline K. Moses of Beaver Dam went missing on December 20th of 2003. She was staying at a woman's shelter in the city, but then left. Moses is white with brown hair and green eyes, is 5'1 to 5'5, and weighs approximately 120 to 160 pounds. Anyone with information is asked to contact Beaver Dam Police Detective Daniel Coons. A photo of Moses is available at DailyDodge.com. Authorities in Columbia County have seen a recent increase in the number of illegal drugs throughout the area. Sheriff's officials say the amount of cocaine recovered through investigations and traffic stops is significant. They add that methamphetamine and illicit fentanyl pills continue to be prevalent in the county. The Columbia County Sheriff's Office asks residents to contact their Crime Stoppers tip line if they are aware of any criminal or drug activity. Over 1,000 boxes of cereal found its way to four area food banks and two local shelters thanks to recent efforts of food production company ConAgra and the United Way of Dodge County. The Breakfast of Champions Food Drive was part of the company's month of service project, which sees the facility and its employees seek out ways to give back to the community in impactful ways. United Way of Dodge County Director Harper Merck praised the corporation for their continued dedication to Beaver Dam and the surrounding area. I'm Justin Wilski reporting from the Daily Dodge News Center. All right. Thank you, Justin. That is a look at news brought to you by Hometown Glass and Improvement, Highway 33 East of Beaverdam. I'll tell you what, uh, I have uh, been around Jeff and that crew out at Hometown Glass and Improvement for a lot of years, and there is nobody that I would trust doing new windows for me uh, other than Jeff. And so many other projects as well. Don't forget, they do free estimates uh, over at Hometown Glass and Improvement. We are at Marshfield Medical Center today, and we are talking. I love it because, you know, this morning we started off talking about orthopedics. And we were picking Dr. Joe's brain about all those cool things that they're doing on in the orthopedic department. And then we had Amy here, and we were talking about pain management. And it kind of flows right into talking with Dr. Todd Fairchild and Dr. Ben Shire, chiropractor here at Marshfield Medical Center. Because for some reason, guys, and I'll start with you, Ben, everything all kind of ties together, doesn't it? It's amazing how it works. (laughs) (laughs) 
So what's it like? What's it like to have a team, this team concept where literally if somebody comes in with just about anything relating to their back or their extremities, uh, issues like that, you guys have it covered. It's really nice to be able to tell a patient that I'm going to try to help you, but if I can't, we have a plan. Right. And I, I have somebody else that we can talk to or take a look at it for us. Yeah, and, and Dr. Fairchild, you were alluding to that earlier when we first were talking about that. Having this uh, integration with all of these different experts, options, man, it's so much about options. And the menu is, you know, there are a lot, many providers here that can weigh in and in order to try to help people with their problems, and I'm really appreciative of that. What is, uh, Dr. Ben, what, when you look at, I, I think everybody's got a philosophy of, uh, you know, what they, what, what they want to see out of medicine, what they want to get and what they want to give. Mm-hmm. What's kind of your philosophy when it comes to medicine? I think most people want to, if they can take care of something themselves, they'd like to. So first of all, if we could help them to do that, great. If I can help you with recommendations or, or change your ergonomics or something like that. And then, okay, maybe that's maybe you need some physical input. So basically starting with the lowest level of intervention and then going up the pyramid, so sure. to speak, as needed and trying to help people at each level so that they don't hopefully need the surgery from Dr. Fairchild, but if they do, he's there. And Dr. Fairchild, in regards to that, um, years ago, I'm not going to say it was at this facility, but years ago, I remember growing up, there was kind of a taboo. Doctors from the medical facility hanging out with doctors and chiropractic. (gasps) What's going to happen? Dogs and cats living together. Well, I I can't say that that is 100% in the past. (laughs) But for most people who um, are in my field, spine surgery, that kind of animosity between between those disciplines has almost been erased. And that is because we realize that you don't always know what you do why it works what you do right and sometimes you can't predict what you're going to whether it's going to work what you do and when it doesn't you're glad that there's someone else there to start with and to get other people involved who have other ideas about what may work for patients that's a great thing yeah and like i said before i'm going to keep on hammering on this the fact that there's pain management, that there's orthopedics, that there's spine specialists when it comes to surgery, that chiropractors, there's rehab people, you know, there's uh, athletic tra- whatever there might be, it's all in one area. So there's bound and there's there's going to be help here for people, right? It's true, and and you know, there's what we found here is, is that it's not a competition for patients. We're trying to all help and we refer we cross refer all the time just seeing how we can help an individual everyone's a little different human biology is variable and what works for one patient doesn't work for another you know chiropractic works sometimes acupuncture works sometimes i i don't always know why it works but sometimes it does right exactly and i would say as far as working together too it's really because of the advent of evidence-based medicine and that the research is coming in that shows, for example, I know my statistics is that if a 
low back pain patient comes in to see a chiropractor, there's only a 1.7% chance that that patient will elevate to surgery. If they see a different kind of provider, that percentage is much higher as far as their first point of contact. So when you look at that and you look at the cost savings of uh, conservative measures first, uh, if you can help them in the conservative levels, then that's the way to do it first. Absolutely. Now, you've been doing this for a while, Dr. Ben, um, and obviously there's constantly new things that come up. Have you, can you say that, is there anything that has come up, uh, you know, from when, when you first started to now that has kind of either revolutionized the world of, chi- your world of chiropractic? I'd really say it's working with the entire medical profession. That's really, I think, where the future of it is because uh, as a chiropractor, we, we get really uh, educated on the spine and spinal disorders, right. and it's a great first point of contact for people, um, but then the next level of stuff goes up to our uh, you know, pain management providers and uh, surgeons, really. Yeah, and and again, I got to add rehab in there too because that is, uh, again, the research shows that that rehab is critical. I think I, I'm guessing because of the fact that you guys collaborate together, I, you're able to bounce things off of each other and you share studies and and those type of things. For you, Doctor Fairchild, when we're talking about, let's just focus one time just on like lower back because we know how many people suffer or have suffered from lower back pain just in generally speaking the number one cause of disability worldwide right so what about what about from a prevention factor i mean how what are some of the things or what, how do you guys kind of uh, approach preventative medicine you know, when it comes back? that is that's a great question and it, and it leads into this collaboration because the more division of labor that you can have in this and you get more expertise I feel like I'm an expert in surgery and being able to address things surgically. And I have a good feel for how, what needs to be operated on and what doesn't. Now, the next, in a smaller community, you're often the only person there who knows anything about spine. We're lucky in this community that that's not true. We have a lot of people that know a lot about spine. And so, I rely on Dr. Shire, pain management, the rehab people that we have in therapy in order to develop plans for patients, non-operative plans. And those kind of preventative measures were just blessed with I'm able to, I'm able to um, uh, direct patients to someone who can spend more time with them, and then I can spend time on patients who really would um, benefit, perhaps, by surgery. Right, exactly. And we're always going to talk, I think the smart smart people in the medical field are always going to talk about preventative things, Dr. Ben, right? Absolutely. And and what are if somebody comes to you and says, I don't want to deal with this again, what can I do? Is that is that where the help really can kind of kick in? Yeah, absolutely. Be- the... Uh, you know, you're going to come home with home recommendations. You know, are you spending time on the floor rolling and crawling around like a toddler? Right. Well, lots of people don't do that anymore, but that's a great thing that you can do to keep your core strong and your spine stabilized and that kind of a thing. Uh, and so those recommendations that we can make and uh, help people guide them with that is, is really important. All right, let's 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 uh, throw a couple of telephone numbers out here, first of all. Okay, so you ready for the telephone? You want to start with yours? Sure. The chiropractic office is 920-821-0071.
and I will tell you what Dr. <laughs> what Dr. Fairchild's number is. That's which impressive. Is, which is 920-219-4009. So there you have it. Those are the two numbers to contact. We're going we're gonna to wrap up with these interviews in a couple of minutes. Plus, Thomas is going to entertain us with today's day in history. We'll get to that coming up in just a moment. Time for today's day in history. We are making history here, people. We're making history. You are on the wrong side of history, my friend. You guys ready to make history? On the 95X Morning Show. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it is. It is time for today's day in history. Thomas, have you been doing a lot of studying today? I have been studying, and it has all been not history. So I'm finally getting the history in front of me. (laughs) And I am ready now. So let's start off with 1816. Lord Byron read Phantasmagoriana to his four house guests, Percy Shelley, Mary Shelley, Claire Claremont, oh. and John Paul Dory. And he inspired them all to write a ghost story. And of course, that's how we got the story of Frankenstein's monster. Exactly. And quite a few Mary other Shelley. great ones, too. Um, yeah, what a great, I love that story of Lord Byron. Let's go to 1858. Abraham Lincoln gave his A House Divided Against Itself Cannot Stand speech. Yeah, that that, that one could go well today, couldn't it? I don't think they had concrete back then. It might have been a different analogy if they had concrete. I'm not sure. Well, yeah, they had concrete in the mid. What am I saying? Of course they did. Uh, Cracker Jacks. Well, they had had something like it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cracker Jacks, uh, invented by R.W. Ruckheim, was introduced at the World's Columbian Exposition, Chicago's World Fair, in 1893. 1903, Pepsi-Cola Company registered the Pepsi-Cola trademark. We have another incorporation happening that same year. The Ford Motor Company was incorporated by Henry Ford and 11 investors in 1903. Let's move to 1967. The Monterey Pop Festival officially began, and in 2010, Hot in Cleveland premiered on TV Land. I don't know why that had to be included, but it is now, and so it is ordained history. Celebrity, <laughs> celebrity birthdays today. Uh, Camila um, Morone, I believe. Uh, Bruce Willis's daughter in the Death Wish remake is 25. Uh, Danielle Bruhl, Dr. Krasler on The Alienist, and Baron Zemo in Captain America's Civil War and Falcon and the Winter Soldier is 44 today. John Shaw is 50. Mr. Sulu in the Star Trek movies. Also, of course, Harold in the Harold Kumar movies. Uh, Phil Mickelson, professional golfer, is 52. He seems so much older to me than that. That's weird. Right. MC Ren, Ren is uh, 53 from uh, NWA. We got Roberto Duran, no mas, celebrating his 71st birthday today. Uh, Tupac Shakur was born today, 1971. Ultimate Warrior was born in 1959. And, uh, oh my gosh, Jack Elbertson, 1907. He is Grandpa Joe in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And also the man, of course. Right. And I think uh, he was also in, yeah, Chico and the Man. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks, Thomas, for today's day in history. Thank you, Rick. We don't want to take these... uh, too much time from these guys because they're busy. Dr. Ben Shire is joining us. Dr. Todd Fairchild uh, here at Marshfield Medical Center in Beaver Dam. We've been talking all about the spine. 
So it's got to be it's got to be great when you two guys get together because man, I, I can only imagine all the spinal talk that's going on. <laughs> we do, you, you know, we have mutual uh, a fair amount of mutual patience, and so we do discuss the uh, what's working for the patients and what uh, what the next steps are. I can't ima- I cannot imagine not being able to do that. You know, I mean, I'm thinking about like in the old days when maybe it wasn't. Like, oh, I don't want that person treading on my territory. To see the collaborative effort that is going on here at Marshfield Medical Center and the emphasis that's been put on that is amazing. Yeah, when when they were, you know, in separate silos, all these specialties, there was a lot of redundant work going on and a lot of um, a lot of things that had already been tried for patients and they had failed it. But you'd go to a different. Um, a, a different group or a different system, and then they would want to retry. They, w- they would want to repeat it, like often, pe- uh, you know, people are repeating X-rays uh, from one facility to another. And here, you know, not just not just radiology, but uh, but just efforts in trying to treat people conservatively. You know, we, we can go through that. It's all in one, you know, all in one system. Right. Exactly, uh, Doctor Ben. Um you know, we we you and I have sat down and talked about chiropractic in the past, and boy, that you know non-invasive way of of treating with people and kind of a good place to start. When I was talking to uh, Doctor Fairchild here, we were talking specifically about how many people he has to do surgery on that have problems with their fingers or their hands or their toes or their legs. Mm-hmm. And obviously, a lot of people, when they think about chiropractic, they're like, "Oh, they're just back people. Oh, that they're just going to help your lower back." All of this stuff is connected. Yeah, you're talking a lot about the nerves, and uh, the nerves are high on my uh, list of priorities to determine which ones are working well, which ones aren't working well, and then try to uh, provide an intervention that affects those nerves and the nerve function as much as possible. Right. It's not just the joints, because, because it's the spine. You've got the joints, but you also have the discs, and you also have the nerves, and all that stuff needs to work together. In your office, what what do you guys do in your office? Okay, so tell from a chiropractic standpoint, I think mm-hmm. we understand that. But what else do you guys do? Right. So the you know the, one of the main therapies is the spinal manipulation, the chiropractic treatment. Um, we also do myofascial work. We do dry needling. Um, we give some home exercise rehab programs and. Um, uh, Things like uh, we'll do a little massage with some biofreeze and things like that to get the knots out. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's more than just working the spine. Yes. I mean, it's a lot more than that. Right. And we, we and, need we need to get things unlocked first. Right. And then we need to uh, stretch and strengthen them. I love the fact that Dr. Todd Fairchild, when he first came in here, he's like, you know, I'm hoping that you don't have to see me. I'm hoping that we can figure something else out for you. That's kind of an amazing perspective, but it's, again, all centered around an outcome for patients. Well, yeah, and I think I mentioned the first time we talked that it's really the way that I would want my family treated, the way I want to be treated, but, <coughs> excuse me, but it's also a bit self-serving, I have to say, admission, is that, you know, you'd have to develop trust with patients and if they realize that you're looking out for them and that you want to try to that in in some ways you're shooting yourself in the foot by sending them away right uh, you you know you're you're 
most patients when they come to a spine surgeon they believe they want to be quote fixed and they would accept a surgery if I proposed one and so it really does develop trust with them if I say listen let's try something else before we go and do what I believe I do best and what what is my business which is spine surgery let's not do that let's not do that let, let, let's I, so I turn away business and I think that's what people are surprised by all I can say is it is great when I have a chance to come in and hang out with you guys. I love doing this. Dr. Fairchild, Dr. Ben Shire, again, thank you so much for your expertise, and thanks for sharing it with us on the radio. Thank you, Rick. Have a great day. Uh, thanks we, for having us. We appreciate it. All right. Uh, it is. Uh, this has been a great show. Uh, I mean, so much about pain management today, so much about helping people feel better. That's what we like to do. We're going to wrap things up with our Kick It A Classic coming up next. All right, everybody, we are going to wrap up our program with the Kick in the Classic, and I am so glad to be able to play this one for you. 1979, a album hit the UK charts. The album was called Discovery, and it ended up being the first number one LP for this great group. It gave us a bunch of fantastic tracks. One in particular is my, one of my all-time favorites, so for you, as we wrap up this program for Marshfield Medical Center, we say a big thank you to Thomas for once again doing an outstanding job. For uh, Sherry, I'm Rick. We're going to wrap things up by leaving you with our kick it classic from 1979, ELO, Electric Light Orchestra. <laughs>